Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. I'm happy that you found me, but more importantly, I'm thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we'll be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for the potter, Jesus, to transform. Hopefully, you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we'll delve into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, friends, as we enter into God's presence today, allow me to speak a blessing over your life. This comes from Moses' brother, Priest Aaron, and it comes in the form of a benediction or a blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, welcome back. We've been discussing a lot about deliverance for Christians lately, and this topic is more relevant than ever in the times that we're living in. Many news sources nowadays are questionable. Truth is relative within our world. The good news is that the kingdom of God operates differently. Here we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that truth is truth. Jesus Christ is truth. With that being said, many well-meaning people are being deceived on a daily basis. Recall yesterday we discussed pleading Jesus' blood over us and over our situations. This blood is active. It's living within our present day. We said that Jesus' shed blood is our propitiation or our atonement for sin. I asked you to reframe your testimony to include what Jesus' shed blood has done for you. His blood redeems, his blood cleanses, his blood justifies just as it never happened, making us not guilty. It sanctifies, making us holy or set apart for service for him and removes all sin, past, present, and future for believers. Remember, we said that yes, it is possible for a Christian to have a demonic attachment. Once a person saved, their spirit is perfect in Christ. However, the mind and body are still subject to enemy warfare. And today we're exploring what role demons play in mental health, specifically schizophrenia. James chapter 1 verse 8 says they can't make up their minds. They waver back and forth in everything they do. Well, think about the rolling waves at sea. They're huge waves which are subject to the forces of wind, gravity, and tide. And doubt leaves a person as unsettled as the restless waves. Unless we ask for the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us, revealing His will for our lives, we'll continue to be thrown around at sea. We need to pray for wisdom, practicing discernment and guidance, and then place our trust in the Holy Spirit to receive it. This is how we solidify our decision-making capabilities. Doubtful minds are not convinced that God's way is the best way. 
First, let's identify what the definition of schizophrenia is. According to a Google search, schizophrenia is a disorder that affects a person's ability to think, feel, and behave clearly. The exact cause of schizophrenia is not known, but a combination of genetics, environment, and altered brain chemistry and structure may play a role. How does the Spiritual Warfare Manual define schizophrenia? Well, it's a person who has two souls or personalities. Each personality is equipped with its own attitudes. These spirits whip the mind and personality back and forth as they vie for power, such as pride versus inferiority. Erlein called these whipsaw demons. Before we proceed, stop and think about what we've been discussing with how demons operate. They gain a foothold into a person through ungodly behavior and then set up a stronghold within their mind. The very definition for schizophrenia is saying that this is a mind disorder. The Mayo Clinic states treatment can help, but this condition can't be cured. It's chronic and can last for years or be lifelong. It does require a medical diagnosis, and yet I want to challenge your thinking as well as the establishment's thinking upon that subject today. First, allow me to be clear. My chief aim is solely out of a spirit of helping people. Help the people in need. No hidden agendas here. Complete transparency. My background is within the healthcare arena. According to Wikipedia, in the year 2020, 1.2% of Americans suffered with this condition, or 3.2 million people worldwide. In the year 2022, the WHO, or World Health Organization, approximates 50% of people in mental hospitals have a schizophrenia diagnosis. The question becomes why? Really, it's that simple. What is the medical community possibly missing? The cause and cure have been shrouded in uncertainty because this is primarily a spiritual problem and not just physical. This, in my opinion, is the clue that's been missing. Schizophrenia is a spiritual problem. Now, let's get started. The bulk of my information is coming from the book Pigs in the Parlor by Frank and Ida Mae Hammond. They had a ministry called the Children's Bread Ministry. And Frank's schooling included Baylor University and Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And it's said that the Hammonds books helped to transport the idea of deliverance ministry into the Catholic charismatic renewal, as well as mainstream thought. So Frank and Ida May are quoted as saying, almost every person who comes to us for deliverance is found to have a varying degree of the network of demon spirits which cause schizophrenia. Deliverance is a battle within the mind of polar opposites. This puts the mind at war with itself. Usually there's a dominant spirit, think aggressor here, and a passive spirit. These spirits must be separated, cast out, and given up. The conflict for a person always begins with rejection. In other words, the root cause is a person 
being or feeling rejected, whether that is truth or imagination. This can even happen in the womb. Take, for example, a mother not wanting the child. Rejection occurs and is transferred onto the child. When a spirit of rejection is present, a person travels through a myriad of self-worth issues. I'm also referring to Gene Moody's book, The Spiritual Warfare Manual. Side note, none of the information is copyrighted, so I'm going to be sharing directly from the author who also quotes the Hammonds. Beginning in the Garden of Eden, we learn from Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, that schizophrenia initiated with Eve. Now, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the creatures the Lord God had made. Really, he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat of any of the fruit in the garden? This was one of Satan's master strategies set up at the beginning of time. The devil tempted her to doubt God's word, his love, and his goodness. Amos chapter 3 verse 3, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? To be ex- To be experienced completeness and wholeness, we must walk the path with Jesus solely. The Apostle Paul was concerned for the Corinthians that they were too falling for smooth talkers and messages that seemed too good to be true. In other words, false teachers. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, Paul said to the Corinthians, But I fear that somehow you'll be led away from your pure and simple devotion to Christ, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent. Paul wanted the Corinthians to remain single-minded for Christ. We cannot allow our minds to become overcrowded and confused. A schizophrenic parent generally will have a child or children with schizophrenia too. It's not a blood-borne illness, but it is demonically inherited. Demons like to cluster. On the spiritual realm, you hear like father like son and mother like daughter. Many people with this condition ask the question, who am I? They're lost or confused about their purpose upon earth. There are two core demon groups that work in the life of a schizophrenic person. The first one is the spirit of rejection. How does the spirit of rejection manifest in a person's life? First, it's important to point out it is a withdrawing type of personality. It likes to work alone. Rejected people reject others before they can be rejected by them. Rejection is the door opener to these spirits. Rejection will invite a spirit of rebellion in. And what I mean by this is that a person will fight for love and lash out at those starving them of love. Rebellion is the reaction to rejection. Now, what does the rebellion spirit look like? It's aggressive, it's angry, it's bitter, it's resentful, and it retaliates. This personality type is moody, stubborn, and selfish. This is a really hard thing to hear for a person, and it's even harder for them to bear when these two personalities coexist within their body. They can switch back and forth in a matter of seconds. They don't know what their true self or true personality looks like. 
These two groupings of spirits are logically paired together because spirits of rebellion compensate for rejection. A a rejected individual may lash out by those who reject him by refusing authority, even godly authority. The perception being that authority causes pain. It would be interesting to determine if areas of great civil unrest have elevated cases of schizophrenia. Deliverance of a schizophrenic person is the most time-intensive delivery because the real self has usually not fully developed. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. John chapter 14 verse 6. There are many aspects to the deliverance of demons when a diagnosis of schizophrenia has been made. I'm not going to list them all out. My purpose in providing this information was to show that with God, nothing is impossible. Luke chapter 1 verse 37. Ida May says that she greatly admires schizophrenics who fight through to victory. She admires these victories above all other deliverances. The schizophrenic deliverance is the deepest, most involved, and most determined deliverance that she has encountered. When we're filled with the word of God, that is what takes the place after deliverance. The word replaces all areas that a demon or a family of demons were residing. We find in Luke chapter 11 verses 25 and 26 that Luke cautioned, So it returns, and when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and clean. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. And I find it interesting that this particular verse of scripture is found in the book of Luke. Remember, Luke is our only Gentile author, but he was also a physician by training. While Western medicine offers pharmacological treatments to control or manage the condition, they will not be able to eradicate the root cause. If a person's willing to try it God's way first, and they're open to giving and receiving love, submitting to authority, forgiving all who have hurt them, study their Bible, pray, fast, and praise God, they're a prime candidate for deliverance. If a person decides to attempt deliverance and they have a long list of opposing spirits, here is where the minister would begin treatment. They would have the person make a confession of sin to Jesus. All help from Christ comes when we confess our sins and seek forgiveness. It's a two-step process, really. First, confession of the outward sinful behavior and then dealing with it including where forgiveness of others is necessary. Secondly, praying for physical and spiritual healing and belief. Romans chapter 7 verse 25, Paul offers us this advice. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. The inward struggle with sin was as real for Paul as it is for us. 
From Paul, we learn what to do about it. Whenever Paul felt lost, he would return to the beginning of his spiritual life, remembering that he had already been freed by Jesus. When we feel confused or overwhelmed by sin, we too can follow Paul's example. We can thank God that he has given us freedom through Jesus. We can allow Christ's power to lift us up to real victory over sin and mind-bending demons. And think back too to Moses when he lifts up the staff and all of the Israelites look upon that staff when they had been dealing with demonic serpents that had been biting them. But when they looked to the staff, they had healing. And that was that similar reference to Jesus Christ being lifted up on the cross at Calvary. Friends, I hope you'll come back tomorrow where we will be looking into what the Bible teaches around blessings, encouragement, and praise. And friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, Jesus made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in God's son, Jesus. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness, therefore, is given to us at our conversion. We can never repay this extraordinary, extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, we can show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening our relationship daily. And if this is your first time hearing God's truth and you don't believe it, that logic doesn't make it any less true. Truth is truth and God's word has stood the test of time. So today, friends, if this is you, I'd challenge you to take a bold step of courage right now. What do you have to lose if I'm wrong and you're right? But if I'm right, and I know that I am, you've just gained eternity in heaven. It's your turn to openly confess after me, Father God, I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin at the cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit. And consider joining a good Bible-based church surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will edify and build up your faith. Now, allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your lifetime. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast will air on Wednesdays, so tune in along with your kiddos for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. 
we'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, and what love in action looks like, biblical trust, and many more topics. So I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark together on an adventure of exploration and life of all things Jesus. So please join me. And if you like this episode, make sure to like and subscribe so you'll get the latest releases as they become available. Much of today's podcast referenced my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or compelling, you can pick up a copy from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. Importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word and it's waiting for you to read it. Until next time, remember, you have been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And Revelation chapter 22 verse 21 reminds us the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.